0: night conference podcast i know i know i've been gone for a minute but i know my co-host jonathan has done an exceptional job of holding the fort down as i was immersed in all things conference planning and we said this conference was going to be a game-changing event in the world of athletics and that's exactly what we did we made history y'all and i'm so excited to share with you the replay broken down by segments of the entire Athlete Tonight conference and having it live on this podcast, you guys can see and hear from our amazing panelists and our speakers and get a little taste of what we experience at the Athlete Tonight conference. So this segment right here is the session topic from athletes to authors. I think the session topic is kind of self-explanatory. We have three amazing former athletes Derek Furlow, Jasmine Brown, and Taj Deshawn, And they're talking about their journey from being an athlete to now being an author. So if you're excited about this, which I hope you are, tune in. And I also wanna give you a little bit of a preface. The audio is a bit it's a bit shaky throughout this, this replay, but bear with me and enjoy the segment. And I'll see you for the next session of the Athlete Tonight Conference.
1: So I am like Taj, I um, did not want to become an author. Never had plans to write a book. Um, I do financial literacy, so I prefer numbers. um, Throw some money signs in front of them, and I really like them. so my goal in becoming an author was i knew that there was a lack of resources especially in black and brown communities um, with access to financial literacy resources so i was doing all these workshops through my nonprofit, teaching financial literacy to high school students but then i would leave and so then there was no really continuing of that education and so the first book that i wrote is called the money club it's a teenage guide to financial literacy and i wrote it as a novel because i wanted it to be as far from a textbook as possible so you know, the kids are learning about money and finances through a, through a story. So there are characters and chapters and pictures and graphs and stuff like that. So really mine was just to further my nonprofit. And then over quarantine, I decided I was not the kid in high school that would read a book. So I came up with a workbook to go along with it. So in the book, you're learning about writing a check. In the workbook, you're actually practicing writing checks. Um, and then in 2020, after George Floyd happened, um, I decided that what the world needed was a children's book with a black dad and his daughter talking about finances. Um, I think it's a very taboo topic in black and brown communities, um, similar to mental health. And so I decided that I would, my dad is who taught me financial literacy, and so um, just again access to resources, right? So just giving somebody something that they can teach their daughter or their son or their nephew or whatever. And so that's how I became an author.
2: So I'm Derek Furlow, um, this is my book, What's Next, How to Transition Like a Champion. And um, really the journey to becoming an author um, wasn't necessarily out of a want, it was more out of a necessity. Um, I happened to play at the University of Tennessee and during my time I seen a lot of my teammates that I felt that should have been in the league or that I knew when we was on the field, somewhat they were better than me. Um, but when they left, that NFL career didn't necessarily go how they thought it was gonna go and a lot of those guys came back to school. and. That's when I started to look at it. I'm like, okay, you didn't go to class when you was here the first time. You apparently coming back because you're not sure what's next for your life because it didn't work out how you thought it was going to go. And I realized if I didn't have a solution, I was going to be in that same boat. So alone that time frame of me being there, I happened to get around different people outside of that sports bubble. And I learned people that was, I I met people that was making money outside of being an athlete, being a rapper and, and selling drugs. So that's when my eyes got open to the opportunities that was out there. So when I transitioned out, Um, I happened to get into sales and entrepreneurship because I seen those vehicles um, that can let you make that NFL type of money, and at that moment, once I applied some of those football principles to the sales industry, I realized any other athlete could do it, but there was not a game plan or blueprint that could teach you this in a curriculum context or in a school classroom setting. So I had a couple people around me, I took them through the same process. Um, and they played different sports, and when I realized it was duplicatable, that's when I realized it was my moral obligation to go put this in a book so it can be taught at a curriculum level, or athletes can take it upon themselves when they transition and go read it, and then take those same intangible, transferable skills that they learned from the game, whether it was on the court, on the, in the track, on, in the pool, and apply those things outside of that game into their next n- next game that they're going to be playing in life, whether that was business, entrepreneurship, whatever that looked like. So. That's kind of how this book came about. It was really just a blueprint and a roadmap for how to transition like a champion. Because I believe if you can play sports at a high level, you can probably do a lot of other things. But a lot of time, it's never been communicated of those tangible skill sets that you can take away from the game, correlate to another phase of your life, and then carry them over to have that same success. And that's why I believe give un- athletes that unfair advantage. But we never, it's never taught in our lingo, and we don't understand it. So I just wanted to give us a, a platform and a, some tools so now when we transitioned to our next phase of our life, it was not a struggle. We don't feel like we was left out or behind because we didn't have um, internships or didn't get the chance to do those things that everyday students got a chance to do. So that was kind of the more to this book. And I ended up coming out of a cu- with a curriculum called the Transition Playbook, which is another um, book. And then through that process, linked up with Taj, and we had the Athlete Entrepreneurship book. So um, English was my best, but it's good to know good editors. <laughs>
3: Thank you. Yes. So for- Thank you. So for each of you, is there, was there a key moment where you knew you were ready to share your story and start the publication process? I denied
1: it for a really long time. Um, I was actually in California when the first person told me that I should write a book. And I was like, I'm not going to write a book. I don't. Like you, I was a math person, I, not English. Um, and I thought that you had to be you know, very well versed in English and you know, just punctuation, punctuation and all that to be able to write a book. Um, and that's not necessarily the, say, the case. Like you said, editors are your best friends. Um, but yeah, mine was more filling a need, seeing where there's a problem, finding a solution, and then coming up with that solution. And that happened to be the book. So I don't know if anybody else had a key moment.
2: I would agree with you on the, the solving of a problem. Um, really, as I looked before me and seeing so many guys that I look up to and heard those stories, I realized if I didn't do something, it was going to be a lot of guys that was going to come behind me, or a female that was going to come behind me. So really, it was a solution. And honestly, it was one of those things I felt that I had this stirring feeling in my head that I, I needed to help, but I wasn't really sure how I was going to help, and these ideas kept coming to me. So quite frankly, the idea of a book came about after a cruise from New Year's, and I went into the office with, with my sales team, and they kind of rubbed me the wrong way because we had broke some records that prior year, and they changed the conversation plan, so I felt like I was getting bullied to some degree, and I, I, I didn't mind being broke. I've been broke before in my life, so now that I had made some money, I, I don't, you can't bully me. So I, I came in day two after um, watching the Steve Harvey video, and I got to the office the next morning, and they rubbed me the wrong way again, so I just left. That was on the sixth. On the seventh, I woke up 5 a.m., got my workout in, started so typing, had no clue what I was doing. 45 days later, I had 45,000 words, had no clue. So it really was one of those purposeful things. You couldn't have told me I was going to write a book. Asked me I was going to write a book. I had no clue. But once I got done, I felt like I had clarity to do other things in life. But really, that was something that was just kind of on me. And once it was done, I felt like I can move on. But it really was no intentional. I need to be doing this, but. I knew I had some insight or some value that I could add to the world and definitely to the athletic marketplace.
4: Oh yeah, I'll pass it to you next. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, another thing for me was aside from my mentor telling me I needed to write a book was, um, let me start with this. There's a stigma that athletes don't read, right? Um, all you guys can probably attest to this. We have people doing our homework for us and so just kind of giving us a little breakdown the cheat sheets so we could pass our classes, um, but I wanted to, You know, when I came out with the book, of course, friends, family, people who follow me on social media supported about the book, but I'm like, how can we get this into the hands of more student athletes? So another thing that my mentor put me on game was, if you wanna get into athletes, universities will pay to have your book, right? Whether you come in and speak or whether you do a workshop, they'll buy copies of the book and hand it out to the student athletes or just have it in the athletic departments. So I said, it's one thing for me to come in and speak, which is great, but if they can leave with something tangible, and I always thought about it like this, even if they don't read it right away, right? As athletes, we have so many things going on, especially at the collegiate level. You're not necessarily gonna take time out to read a book that's not you know, gonna help you pass a class. But it might be a situation where five, 10 years later, that book is on their shelf, and they're going through a hard time trying to figure out what they're gonna do. And like, oh, I got this book you know, five years ago when Taj came in to speak, let me pick this up and see what it's about. And that could be the thing that makes a difference. So at that point, once, once I got that bit of information, I was like, all right, there's no way Like a lot of you guys have already said there's no way i could just not write the book because at that point once you have that clarity it becomes a responsibility it's not just something you're doing for yourself it's something that you know long after we're here we have books out there floating around in the world that could literally save someone's life
5: yeah it's interesting just hearing the different stories and how a lot of it comes from within and you get like this this small voice that that talks to you and tells you to do something. So for me, right, and working with young people, um, when you work with young people, they respect you when you are honest and keep it real. And when you don't keep it real, you know what I'm saying, they will not respect that. So for me, I was showing students. Being a teacher, I was showing my students, and this was when I was with middle school students at the time, the books that I had um, written already and didn't have the illustrations. But I would let them read them. And they're like, oh, Mr. Smith, this is good. You know, and were telling me, they're giving me positive feedback, and so I always talk to my students about uh, breaking barriers, doing things like you can do anything, right? And I would talk about writing a book, and then I'm letting them read the book, but I'm like not, not moving forward with doing that. And so COVID was kind of the, the thing that pushed me over the edge, like okay, I'm gonna go ahead and, and find more information out about this, but. Um, young people they they pushed me, and so when you 're working with young people again, so I coach and I have a nonprofit gear for young people when you 're constantly telling them to believe in themselves and that they can do anything, but then you 're actually like not doing it and you have things inside of you, you have to go ahead and do that so for me, it was like the push they 're like Mr. Smith this is good, so write a book and then now, when they saw that the book actually came out and was published, and then I held a book signing at the local community center where I grew up and they were able to come and see that. And now like literally when the little kids can look up and be like, You wrote this book and the inspiration in their eyes that like, you know, hey, I play at Air Davis Community Center, which is the name, like I play here too and I can do that. That did something for me. So it was like deeper than myself, like a lot of us said. So um that was kind of the, the that was the the moment in, in the school that, that got me to go ahead and making it happen.
3: What was the biggest lesson each of you learned after the book was published?
5: Um, uh, Well, the biggest lesson I learned was that, like, you, one, you can do anything, but from a standpoint of sometimes we we get so focused right as adults right sometimes you get so focused on things so i was teaching and coaching and, and i was in the neighborhood i grew up in and so my calling was to give back to the neighborhood right so i'm doing a lot of stuff with giving back and you get so focused that you don't dive into other areas so i think a lesson was when you have an idea and something that is really tugging at you in the inside at least at least you owe it to yourself to start exploring it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's the lesson. When something is tugging inside of you, don't let that tug go in vain, right? When that tug happens, explore because there's something on the other side of that. Man, just to piggyback off of what Kenny just said, like, if you
4: have something pulling at you, whether it's in business, and I'm assuming everybody's here because they want to write a book, you're considering writing a book. Like, just go for it, right? And it can be intimidating if you just open up your laptop one day, and you're like, the, right, and you got one word on the screen. That can be scary where you're like, man, I have an entire book to write. So really just, I would say another thing that is important is to make sure you have help, right? Because for me, what made it easy for me when I felt the tug was I had help. I had people in my corner who could help me actually bring the book to fruition. Um, Another lesson that I learned just to, once again, Kenny brought up some great points, Um, It applies to everything, so the book specifically, I was like, wow, I'm a published author, right? And then you kind of get the writing bug, and you go on and you publish more books, and you see other people publishing books in your network, or you collaborate with people, and it becomes this thing where it's like, man, anything I set my mind to, I can really do it. And the book is like a physical representation of that. We live in a digital age where a lot of things we put out, it's on social media, it's online. Um, You know, it's done over the phone, but to actually have books on my shelves that I've published or helped publish, that's a big thing, and it inspires me to, to do it more. Um, one last thing I'll share is that, like I said earlier, sometimes you never know. Like, I'll get a message out of the blue one day. You know, my book came out years ago, and people will message me like, man, I just finally found the time to read your book. I know all you guys have experienced this, too. Like, I, I just sat down to read the book, and uh, it really impacted me, or helped me with this, or, you know, I was going through this, and it helped me with that. So that that's something that inspires you to keep going as well. Um, yeah, those are my biggest takeaways.
1: Um, So I took away, um, for me, it was reach. Um, That's just the one word that I'll use to describe it. Um, I don't know how well everyone's book is done, but I'm just a girl from Holly Springs, North Carolina, and um, I sold over 10,000 copies of my first book. And to me, that's 10,000 youth that's learning about financial literacy. So That's important to me, and I would have never thought that I would have been able to sell 500 books, let alone 10,000, and to piggyback off of a lot of what these guys have said, I didn't know what I was doing, so I didn't have, you had the help, I I don't know anybody that's an author. I don't know anyone that's gone through the self-publishing process, I just knew that I didn't want a publisher, I I knew that it was very important to me to be self-published because I didn't want anybody to have input on what I was saying, so... That was the biggest thing for me, research, looking it up, figuring it out, getting my store I set up a book tour. it was in a couple of Barnes and Noble stores uh, before COVID happened and shut the rest of it down. Um, but I did all that on my own. And so really it gave me, it, it kind of strengthened my hustler's mentality to where I can get out there. I can get my book in front of people and expand my reach. Reach is my word. So.
2: What you just said. That, that was on point. I, I learned the business of books and the business that goes into it. Also, the um, respect factor, um, the validation, the credibility that comes with it as well. So, in the space of that book space, like Jasmine was saying, self-author or, or publish, publishing deal, it's business that goes into that. Like Taj was saying, having a team, figuring out how to do it for yourself, it's, it's levels that goes into that because it's going to be your voice or somebody else's voice if somebody got their money and you, their, their money backing you. Um, then just when it comes down to the respect factor of if you're looking to speak or get into institutions, for one, I walk around with my hair like this on purpose, um, and I'm not going to change what I look like to, be, um, to get in a door. But at the end of the day, when they go Google, and you can see i got a couple of books behind me, it makes this, these dreads and this beard a little bit less fearful and make me have a little bit more credibility where you can't question just because I'm a black man that plays sports do I know what I'm talking about. So it's a lot of levels to it. Um, But I think it depends on after you do it, it's a lot of lessons that you can learn, but what are you really trying to learn from it? And sometimes the book may sell great, may do 10,000 copies, then you may, you know, figure out, hey, I didn't really sell a lot, but I figured out how it opened up doors for me because um, it was a hot topic in the corporate space. So I think it just kind of depends on what you're looking for, but at the end of the day, it's a lot of lessons to it, a lot of levels to it, but whatever you do is, it's a great experience to get a chance to do, because I think someone said it earlier, I didn't know any published authors, and then you become one, and all of a sudden you got a team of people that's around you that done it. So you, you, you give hope to a lot of people, and inspiration to a lot of people, and a lot of people that look like you may have wanted to do it, or had that dream, or put it off. I would just say once you do it, you realize you didn't die, and, and you did make it through it, and it's okay, and you can probably get somebody else some, to hope to do that thing again. So it's a lot of different lessons in, that, that I've took from it.
3: What was it like balancing work, writing, life, everything?
2: I'll take this and then I'm gonna throw this back this way. So um, I, I didn't really have balance. I, um, I, like I said, I was on a cruise. I normally go somewhere, me and my wife go somewhere for the new year, reflect, refocus and refuel. And when I came back, um, they ch- said they was changing the comp plan. I had did sales for a corporate company. They said they was changing the comp plan. We had made too much money. Okay, cool. Well, I got in there on the 5th. I didn't really like the way they were acting. So. I went home that day, felt a little tug in my spirit. I happened to watch, Steve Harvey had a two minute video called Jump, he was walking to his car talking about if you never jump, you'll never know what it's like to so soar with the eagles, didn't think nothing of it. Went to sleep, woke up the next day, put on my Steve Harvey suit, I'm feeling fly. I go to the office, I got the first sales presentation of the day, I walk in, it's eight, like 8.15, I sit down, the head guy come in, he said something that wrote me completely wrong. The first podium started at nine o'clock, I grabbed my stuff, I went to the house. I ain't not tell anybody to buy. At that point I quit. So I didn't really have no work part. No, there was no work left to balance. <laughs> so um, I told my wife and at that point, when I woke up the next morning, five o'clock got my workout in, six o'clock I was sitting in front of the computer. My phone had all these different notes and random audio messages that I had recorded when some had hit me and I should start typing. And, um, 15 days in, I had got up to 15,000 words, and when I read over that, it didn't make sense, so I started over. The next 45 days, um, the next 30 days, so I was 45 days in, I got up to 45,000 words, and my brain was like, okay, I think I'm done. And at that point, I'm like, okay, what do I do next? So until I did that, my schedule was work out right at 5 a.m., start writing at 6, eat something at 12, write until my wife got home from work. And I didn't really have no balance because I had to figure this out because I just quit a job. And, and i'm sure she probably really was not like that idea if i didn't do something about it so it was really just get to work it was more urgency to emergency and then went through a couple different um started asking questions ended up finding five different editors in up meeting the fifth one he happened to be in knoxville tennessee doing a pat summit book release i met him at 11:15 that night at a panera it was closed and um when i mentioned my topic his light his, his eyes lit up and that's how i knew that was the guy the other four it didn't work out and from that point moving forward we push 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 next thing you know we look up we uh three months out and we doing the final edits and then the season kicks off happened to kick off right here in my home c- city of atlanta um tennessee was playing here at the dome the alumni had a book they had a, they had an event so when you got relationships you reach out to people well i can get more formal balls to come they let me have the whole event space that was my book release party so it went from emergency it went from it was from just figuring this thing out to emergency to to, you just got to make this thing happen. So I really didn't really have a balance. It was just getting this thing done.
1: Um, I, I, I do a lot. I I have a lot of hats that I wear. And so writing and of course writing a book was not one of that I expected to have. So writing a book for me, I had to set my daily word limit of 25 words and I know that does not sound like a lot, but I promise you some days I was like, you know, Then I said, "Okay, okay, All right, that's three, um, because I is a word, right? Okay, so one, two, three. And so it was was, some days it was really, really hard for me. Other days, you know, it was 100, 150 words. But I was maybe, it took me a little over a year to write my book. So um, I did take some time. And part of that was trying to make it perfect. And so my note to some of you guys if you are interested in doing it and someone told me at a starbucks randomly um, don't let someone else come out with your idea first so if you have something that you want to do have something that you want to talk about get it out before the next person does because you waiting for it to be perfect or you waiting for it to be the right time someone else is coming out with another book and with financial literacy it was a hot topic so i was like all right crap maybe i do need to just go ahead and get this out um so then, then I did, and I actually didn't tell anybody that I was writing a book for a while. Um, my family has a talent show every Christmas, and I ended up reading, like, my first couple chapters um, at the talent show of one day, and I was like, so guys, I'm writing a book, and that's, that's how I told everybody, um, so yeah, so.
4: Yeah, I didn't have a lot of balance either, um, which is so funny, because not to say you shouldn't take care of yourself, but. You know, we're all athletes here, so there was no balance for people, you know, when we were training. Nobody was like, oh, you got to make sure you stay balanced. It's like, no, you got to make sure you, you know, earn your starting spot, whatever that looks like. So I took the same approach to the book. And like I said, having having help, having people in my corner really helped because, like I said earlier, I didn't just open up a blank screen and I didn't have to feel intimidated by the process. What they told me to do, and this is, you know, a word to anyone who's considering writing a book or in the process, just get your thoughts down on paper and kind of organize it. They don't even have to be like solid chapters yet. What I did was I just wrote down a list of topics that I wanted to cover, and each week, I would just kind of type and talk about that topic. And I was responsible with the company I was working with to send in one chapter every single week, and they would edit the chapter week by week. So if you think about it, that's where the competitor kicks in. Like As an athlete, I'm not gonna meet with the editing team, and I haven't completed my chapter for that week. Even if it's not good, I'm gonna crank those words out and get it done. So just going. So my chapter, my book is uh, 10 chapters if you take out the intro and the conclusion. So I basically completed my first draft manuscript in 10 weeks because each week I was working on a topic. Um, in terms of my schedule, like I'm a morning person. So I like to get up in the morning and I would just work on the book when I'm kind of in that dream state. You know, you kind of got that creative, the creative juices are flowing. And um, I would also write before I went to bed. And then I would also like play pass it back with myself, meaning like I would work on my laptop or then I would take a break and start working on my phone Right. So I would get out of bed in the morning. Maybe I've been typing on my laptop the night before. And I would wake up in the morning and then I would grab my phone. Still on airplane mode, so no notifications are going off, but I would go straight to Google Docs and be like, All right, what did I write the night before? All right, Taj, this is trash. You might want to get rid of this. This is pretty good. Let's keep building on this. And I would just keep passing it back and forth to myself. Um, another thing I recommend just because I know there's some people here are probably thinking about writing a book. Do voice memos, right? Because some people aren't the best writers. Um, And I'm not saying like do voice memos and then transcribe it word for word. Because just because it sounds good when you speak it, doesn't necessarily mean it'll be good in book format. And of course, all of us want to create page turners where someone picks up the book, they don't want to put it down. So I would record. I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna talk about, you know, athletic identity. And I would hit record and I would speak and I would just talk about that. And then instead of transcribing it word for word, I would sit down to write and I would listen to myself in my earphones. Listen back to what I said. And I would write down whatever I thought would make um, for some good, readable content. So that was
5: that was my process. That's a hack. I hope y'all wrote that down. That voice, those voice memos. Like, do write that down. Make sure y'all remember that because th- that's going to take you there. Um, for me, though, in taking the self-publishing class that I was able to take, so I actually had assistance in, in walking into this, and so it was important to set a time. Like, I'm going to write for X amount of time. So I'm I'm putting away an hour, right? And so when you when you schedule or write something down, you know, especially as, like as athletes, right? You're going to hold yourself accountable to that. And so making sure that you um set time for that and then when you do that, that was how that was like like my process in terms of writing. And then I heard different editing stories for me being an educator, right? It, it was dope because I have English teachers. I did service learning for future teachers at universities that were close by. So my cheat code in that aspect was, I'm around all these educators. I need y'all to look at my stuff. So I used all. I I took advantage of my resources. So sometimes another thing that we do is we get in tunnel vision and we don't think about um, our networks and 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 people that can assist. So, but but basically the the voice memos and the schedule yourself some time to write and hold yourself accountable to it.
3: So for aspiring writers, do one of you want to break down kind of the the process of how to actually get a book published?
5: Um, I'll just say that, like, one, the first process is up here with everything, right? The first process is up here, right? Tell yourself that you can do it mentally, right? And so once you commit to it in your mind, then you'll be able to do it. But, um in terms of the process there's there's different processes that you can go through, so I think that it's important for you to do some research in which area you want to go. So for me, um I wanted to be self published right? I wanted to have control over everything, and so what I did was I looked what did self publishing look like um, and found people who did that, and then once I was able to do that, then I was able to map out my process of of writing and getting uh, my final product done to exactly how I wanted it to be. Um, with the editing as well, and then in the midst of that though, um, so from a children's book standpoint, right, I'll give that, and and then finding the illustrator who can actually take your ideas and bring them to life in the way that you want them to come to life, and so I had a beautiful experience with that because we were able to connect, but so that was was my process, figuring out if I wanted to self-publish or if I wanted to go a different route, do some research in that area, and then once you start to do your research in that area, then you start to Basically, create a checklist. So you're knocking off things that you want to do from that checklist. And um, when, once that happens, I mean, you have you have the in as you're getting your copyrights, um, buying your own ISBN numbers so that you control your product. Because if you, for example, I self-published in, um, I just put my book on Amazon. Amazon offers um, ISBN numbers. But if, if I take an Amazon ISBN number, now Amazon owns my property and I don't own it. So I bought my own ISBN number. So it's just it's the process of research, finding that out, and then acting on those uh, kind of like bullet points is what I'll say for that process. Man,
4: Kenny, what you just said about the ISBN numbers. That's key. So the, the whole point of self-publishing, maybe we should break that down. So. If you if you do if you go the traditional publishing route, which is difficult to do, right, because you'll have to pay a literary agent, think of it as like trying to get a record deal. First of all, you already got to have some kind of buzz, right? People have to know about you. Um, but even I would even recommend people who have a household name that can get a, a publishing deal. You you could still self-publish because then you own your intellectual property, and then you can always, you know, get a, a deal later, right? Think about Nipsey Hustle. That's one of my idols. Nipsey built up his own label and then instead of getting signed to Atlantic Records. He partnered with Atlantic Records. They they merged their labels, right? They just put marketing behind intellectual property that he already owned. Same rules apply for your book. So if you're going to self-publish, and I'll just get into a little bit of my process, I was I knew nothing, you guys, about publishing a book. I was grateful that my mentor owns a publishing company, so everything was done for me. I just had to stay focused on writing it. They did the edits, the design, the copyrights, the ISBN number, the cover, everything. It was done for me. I just had to create. And that's the thing about it, like it's a creation, right? I gave that music industry analogy, like get some help from people who are actually doing it already. Don't try to do everything on your own. Like sure, you can, you know, just like a music, you can get on GarageBand and record something in your bathroom if you want and put it out, and it might get some plays, but did you really put your best foot forward if you didn't invest in studio time or getting with people who professionally record and produce music? So I like to use that analogy when it comes to books. Um, but yeah, that was, that was my process. I had help, I was fortunate. You know, I know some of you guys had to figure it out. You, get, you guys did a great job, though. I don't know. If I'd have had the help, I don't know where I would have been, to be honest. But when the book came out, um, it was well done. And I, back to the process, I would say that, um, you know, just make sure, read the fine print, right? If you are going to work with a self-publishing company, because not all companies are created equal, you might think that, I think you brought this up, Kenny, like, whether it's Amazon, like, oh, I'm self-publishing, but I'm putting my book on Amazon. If you don't have your ISBN number, if you don't own that, own that. And I think Amazon takes up to like 60-something percent or something. So at that point, you're not really self-publishing. Amazon is your publisher. So this is why you need help and people in your corner who can, um, who can walk you through the process and make sure you're actually owning your work and going about it the right way. And most importantly, putting out a quality product because the book is a representation of you.
1: All right. I'm going to try and drop some gems here. Okay, so from a, from a self-publishing standpoint, first I would say figure out what your goals are. Um, my goal was I had to be in Barnes and Noble stores. That was my goal um, and in order to do that, there are certain avenues that you have to take and thankfully I did the research beforehand to know that there's really only one print on demand publishing site that Barnes and Noble will accept from and that's Ingram Spark. and in order to get your store, your book into Barnes and Noble stores, it has to be set at a certain percentage of um, like a wholesale discount. And you also have to make sure that it's returnable. Um, what that meant for me is I had like 300 copies sold in a day and then like 295 returns after 30 days. Because what was happening is Barnes and Nobles will buy a bunch of your books when it first comes out, and then they'll you know return them all and then keep two in the stores. So that's something I had to learn. Um, For my ISBN, I used Bowkers. Uh, I don't know if you guys used um, that site, but that's how I bought my own ISBN and then went through IngramSpark in order to list my book. So through IngramSpark, it's a print-on-demand site, so they post it to Amazon, they post it to barnesandnoble.com, Target, walmart.com, and all that. So it's, again, that reach, that was my word. That's what I wanted. I wanted it to be accessible anywhere. Um, and, but that also meant I got a very small percentage back uh, because it was at like a 55% wholesale discount. Um, but again, you cannot get your stores into Barnes and Noble without that. And because that was my goal, that was something that I had to decide. So for this last book, I had to figure out if I wanted the same thing do I want a really small percentage or do I want the bigger reach? And for me, It was less about making money and more about getting the book into the hands of children and teenagers all around so i chose to go that route again so i actually don't do the sending out of the books i don't print i don't like all that's done for me so the negative to that though is i don't know who bought my book unless they buy it direct from my site so you have to again what's important to you is it that you can sign each copy before you send it out or is it that you can know, you know who your customers are and where they're located? I know that I've sold books in Australia, in India, in Canada, in um, uh, the UK, wherever, but I don't know if they were schools, I don't know if they were individuals, I don't know if they were companies. Um, so that's you know, the negative side to me, um, whereas depending on how you guys did it, you might actually be the ones printing and, and shipping and going to UPS or wherever and getting your book out, that's not my route. So again, pluses and minuses, pros and cons, but what's important to you is the biggest thing that I would say. And if it is, you know, the, that grassroots like advertising, then you know, big time self-publishing might not be it for you, but like that's that was what was it for me.
2: That's awesome. And that's funny. We took the complete opposite approaches. So y'all y'all getting like the all the game. Um I want I didn't, I wanted, I like the hustle of selling. So when I walked away from the sales space and I was gonna create my book, I'm like, all right, I ain't worried about no, this this publishing deal because y'all gonna control what I say and it might not sound like me. I wanna lose my voice after I talk to different editors. So I wanna control it all and I wanna own it all and I'll figure out how to go get it in people's hands. So um, when I got with my editor, that fifth guy, he went and got the ISBN numbers for me. He bought 10 of them. Um, from that point, he said, okay, how you want to do this thing? I said self-publish. She said okay. Well, we're gonna put this thing together, and then we're gonna put it on. We're gonna indirectly, um, um, we're gonna directly put it on the different sites that you want. So we went with KDP for the direct publishing, um, self-publishing with Amazon. What I controlled it all. They put it up, and I can literally they can ship it out. Um, however, I got it. Where I control it all. So now it's coming from my website, so I can sign it and send it out to you as well. So now I'm getting control of my stuff. Um, from that point, when we, when I realized the different platforms, I say okay, I want this thing to be. Um, ebook, audio version, so I can scale it that way. And as I looked on that, I said, okay, you know what, this whole audio version as an athlete, I ain't like to read. I read my senior year because it was relevant stuff. I said, well, if nobody's going to read it, I need to remove all excuses and all roadblocks, so I I wanted to do an audio book. And as I was looking on KDP, you can pay somebody to go do your audio for you, or you can do it yourself. I decided to do it myself, Um, and I would say the first two days, I didn't think I could read because uh, reading out loud and reading silence is a completely different thing. Um, but once I figured out how to read out loud and slow my words down and make sure that was where my eyes were at, um, we recreated the, the audio version. But all those things were on all those platforms. So iBooks, audio, I mean, audible, all those different platforms. I wanted to scale it that way, but I wanted to control it all. So when it came down to it, I could see who's buying it. I can see um, if who's, what I'm what sending it to or am doing it through my direct website or is it going through Amazon, but also, I wanted to be able to learn the marketing game, so um, I got some stuff set up where it's going to be through funnels, so I can be giving away certain stuff and, and maybe just add value that way, and then on the back end, people get, get the book. So it was different ways to it, um, but I like the idea of the hustle and, the, the, and and get a chance to get out there with it, and I would say one of the biggest things that you got to realize is based off your goal, that's going to determine what route you take. But at the end of the day it's a lot of different ways to do it and there's a lot of different things that you can learn from it but at the end of the day it's a lot of the, the, the idea of a book if you don't some people just write it or write it and some people want to write it to get some return on it but i would tell you this the knowledge in that book that is going to add value to somebody else and from a author perspective it could be an expensive business card for you that could open up another door for you so don't take the i wrote the book and it didn't sell how i thought it was going to sell and, and and make you feel Inferior about it, cause that book gives you credibility, what's gonna make you authority in the space that may open up another opportunity for you, and something that you never would have thought about, um, and it may impact the life of somebody that reads it that you never even get a chance to meet. Like they say, you get you get books read from across the country, across the world, and sometimes you may know they get it, sometimes you may not know that they've got it. Um, but use the platforms, let it touch people. But at the end of the day, just write it, get it out your head. Um, if God gave you that vision, that that purpose for a reason, do it. And in the meantime, know what why you're doing it, and just do, do do the work. But at the end of the day, it's definitely a lot of different ways you can take it and a lot of different approaches you can have when it comes down to the business side of a book. So that goes back to what I said earlier.
3: In each of your opinions, what makes a good story?
2: Um, I believe your story is a good story. Um, but writing a book, this is one thing I will take. Um, solve a problem. If if depending on what you what you're writing a book for, if you're looking to solve a problem. Most people are looking for or reading things that's going to solve a problem or inspire them. So if you're going to write a book, make it purposeful. Whose problem are you solving? If you're dealing with something like a lot of other people are dealing with it, the transition issue. I know I wasn't the only one dealing with it, um, and I'm I'm still not the only one dealing with it. So that's why we're here today. So when you think about a good story, sharing your story, a lot of times you feel like you may be the only one going through it. But you overcoming and making it out of that, it may be somebody else that's going through the same thing. So the idea of you writing that book may impact somebody else in a way that you never would have thought about it, and give them hope to keep going and not to quit. So I mean, the idea of a good story, I mean, your story is a good story, just matter you want to tell it or not.
1: What he said. <laughs> Do you have anything Sol- else to add Solve yet? a problem. No, but- Go ahead. No, that's it. I'll just drop that.
4: Solve a problem. One thing I do want to say, because I've read Derek's book. Um, I haven't read y'all's books yet, but I will. Um, Derek did a phenomenal job of telling his story in the book, but using it for teachable moments. And that's the last thing I want to share with everybody. On that note, because some people, I've read some people's books, and they really just are writing it for themselves, right? Like nobody cared. Like I didn't want to start my book out with, "Well, I was born in Pasadena in 1991." Like. Nobody cares about any of that. People are picking up the book, like Derek said, because they want to get something out of it. So, when you're going through the process of writing your book, just keep the reader in mind, right? And that's a great place to start. Like when you're developing your content, who is this book for? Who I want them to take away from it? So, yeah, I think just leave it at that.
2: Keep the reader in mind. I think Tosh, just summed it right up. It's not you're writing the book, but it's not about you. What value are you adding? What are they going to take away from it? How can it impact, inspire, and empower that person life that's taking their time out of their day to spend the money on the book, and then for two, taking the time to read it? What value are they going to be able to walk away when they put the book down? Oh, man, that was a great nugget. Oh, man, that was key. Or what, what, whoever's going to be reading that book. So even though you're the author, it's not about you. Um, You're you're writing it, but it's really about those people that's going to pick it up. So if you can do that, that's half of the battle is making sure you're not writing about you, because a lot of times, I mean, it's easy to do that, but really, you might not read your own book. After you get done with editing, you ain't going to want to read your own book. But on the back end of that, all those other people that's going to pick it up and touch it, what value did you add to their life for them taking the time to read it? And if you can do that, that makes the, the journey a whole lot more purposeful across the board.
3: So to close out this breakout session, kind of a two-part question. Um, if you want to share, recommend um, a book that had a huge impact on you, and then just final advice and thoughts for any aspiring authors.
5: Um, so being an educator, um, the book that I always talk about, so I'm a, a, a avid reader and self-help guy. But there's one book, man, that touched me a lot of different ways, and it was the Autobiography of Malcolm X. Because as a black male, right, they told us how Malcolm X was in schools, and they lied because that wasn't the Malcolm X that was for real. Like, Malcolm X was so violent, and they painted this picture. And so the transitions that took place in his life, when you think about you as an individual and going through transitions, man, it was so relatable. So um, the Autobiography of, of Malcolm X, and what was the second part?
3: Just final thoughts, advice for inspiring
5: others. Oh, um, and just final advice, if, if you have an idea that is really tugging at you, go for it, right? Go for it. Find someone who has been in the space, connect with them, but don't let that idea simmer and just stay there. Go for it, y'all. Go for it. My
4: book recommendation is a book called The Motivation Manifesto. I think it's by Brendan Burchard. The reason I recommend that book, it's not what it sounds like, right? We can all go on YouTube for motivation. You can just watch a motivational video. The thing I love about that book is it goes into the reasons why you should stay motivated, Um, things that will keep you intrinsically motivated based on your life. Like, my wife is sitting right there. We want to start trying. we are getting married soon, you know what I'm saying? We want to start trying for kids. So I, I have a pair of baby shoes that I keep on my desk, and I got that from that book as a way to keep me motivated. Every day when I sit down in my home office, there's a pair of baby shoes, i think about Lil Taj, you know what I'm saying, even though he's not here yet. So that's a great book to keep you motivated. My final thoughts, man, just go for it. Like, I mean, like Kenny just said, just go for it. Like, get some help and start working on the book. And then the last thing is uh, support self-published authors. All of us have our books here today. So stop by the booth, show us some love, and um, grab some books from us.
1: Speaking of, um, there are people at the at the booth that, thank you. Uh, yes, yeah, so my booth's right out there. I've got all copies of the book. Just make sure they don't grab nothing and run away with it now. Um, so, my <laughs> right, and in here, listening to me, like he doesn't know my story. Um, okay, so my, um, I will give one last tip, uh, just because we've talked about ISBNs a couple of times. Um, don't just buy one. Go ahead and get the package for all 10. Um, any... Avenue that you do your book, whether it's ebook, hardcover, paperback, each one needs a different ISBN. Um, So thankfully, I I don't even think anybody told me. Yeah. Yeah. It's the barcode. 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 Um, So yeah, I thankfully just went ahead and bought all 10 because it was much cheaper in the long run. Um, So don't just buy one, go ahead and get the whole 10, even if you don't think you'll use it. uh, I'm sure a lot of us, we started with one and ended up doing another and then doing another and may do more. Um, So go ahead and get the 10. And then I would say the book that probably gave me the most inspiration, um, when I was younger, my dad tried to get me to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, and I know a lot of people have heard about that book. Uh, It just wasn't in a way that I would like to read and understand, and so I think that's, you know, part of my book is making it as far from a textbook as possible and keeping it super base level, just understanding and easy to read. Um, And then the book that I recommend is The Alchemist. If you guys haven't heard about that one, look it up
2: and she just gave some game away with that. So I'm gonna give you a whole book list. You got 10X um, by Grant Cardone. If you haven't read it, I will probably go down all at the list of his. Um, definitely 10X. One of the biggest ones outside of Rich Dad Poor Dad, I would say is how to win friends and influence people. Um, Cause that right there at the end of the day, we're in the people sport. What goes, if you're talking about books, shoes, clothes, signs, food, it's a people game. So if you learn the game of people, that's who's gonna buy your book, that's who gonna help you write your book, that's who gonna help you sell your book, that's who's gonna promote your book, people. So how to win friends and influence people, win the the, the people sport. So that's probably one of the biggest books I would say, and that's personal development, working on you. Um, So that's definitely a you investment. And as far as um, the ISBN, definitely get 10. Luckily I had a good editor, he bought 10. I didn't know, he bought 10. I don't use about four or five of them, but he bought 10. And lastly, what I would leave you with is, at the end of the day, you're here for a reason. Um, don't tiptoe to your grave, soft, quietly, safely. We're gonna, we gonna, we gonna leave this earth either way it go. You might as well do something worthwhile while you're here. Um, so once you leave, um, I believe our last name is gonna outlive our first name. So if your last name is representing your family, the people that came before you, the people that's gonna come after you, do something so they can be proud of, leave that legacy, something they can stand on and boast about, versus you worrying about, oh, Derek did this, Derek did that. Well, what what the furlough leave to the rest of the furloughs? Um, so whatever that is inside of you, let it go, let it out, because God didn't give it to you for you to die with it. And if you do die with it, then you're just selfish. And if you don't want to be selfish, do something with it. So with that being said, that, that's, that's what I want to leave you, that you never of you with. You showed up today, keep showing up in life, because um, life's going to happen, whether you participate in it or not, we might as well give it everything we got.
3: Thank you.